When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football. We are back uh, as the second half of the show continues. Bob is up next in Fort Worth. Uh, Hey, Bob. Yeah, afternoon, Paul. Great to hear from you. Thank you. Hey, got a got a got something I want to say. Okay. Uh, I don't want to hear anybody holler about these transfer portals. Now, do they need adjusting? Yeah, I think it ought to just be once a year for about a two week period or something. Yeah, that needs to be done. But when you got a man, and I don't care if he's going to Alabama or Ohio State or Georgia or A&M or wherever he's going. When you got a man who plays for a national championship and two weeks after he plays for a national championship, he jumps ship and walks out on a bunch of kids who are looking up to him and walks off and goes somewhere else and leaves those kids hanging there like that. I don't want to hear anybody holler about kids transferring. That's just, I, 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 in my mind, I cannot understand how a man could walk into a, into a locker room and tell his kids two weeks after a national championship game and tell them he's going to Alabama. I just, it, 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 it's beyond my comprehension. Well, first of all, it was only a week and a half. Uh, so, <laughs> well, 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 there, there uh, you go. Yeah, I mean, listen, you're, uh, I mean, Kalen DeBoer has been widely praised, but uh, that's exactly what he did. And he, 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 he had a contract offer from Washington, and he did not accept right, it. Right about what's the same thing they're paying at Alabama, wasn't it? Yeah, what, I mean, it what, wasn't about money. Um, but clearly he... He felt, or so, and you know, again, you know, Alabama is a is a significantly larger job than Washington, but Washington's a pretty big job. And I and I understand that, Paul. I understand that Alabama's Alabama. Sure. And 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 look, uh, but you know, and if they went and got somebody from Sarkeesian or well, even Sarkeesian or anybody. I just I don't understand how you can walk off from a team that you just took to a national championship game. It just it, it it's beyond my comprehension. And and and, and look and then get up on a stage at Alabama and say, oh, you know, I I, I was sure I sure hated to leave them boys. And that's the hardest thing I've ever done tough. in my life. Yeah, well, it wasn't that hard. No. Listen, but, uh, uh, everybody understands because most people watching and listening have left a job for another job, and you leave because you want to. Well, yeah. 
Yeah, I just – but that's what I'm saying. And, and you know, in these Alabama people screaming about, well, it's not fair, all these guys transferring and stuff, I, I don't I don't, I don't, want to hear it. I don't – I don't – I don't – I don't – I don't even want to hear it. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, in, in fairness, people. Bob, I didn't hear anybody. Com- I didn't hear anybody at Alabama complain that they took uh, Georgia Tech's best player uh, two years ago, or Ohio State's or best Alabama. player, or Tennessee's linebacker, or Louisville's uh, no. wide receiver, uh, or or yeah. anybody else. Uh, that's just I, di- I didn't hear. I didn't hear anybody. I didn't hear anybody squalling when 30, 30 kids from A and M walked off. No, I didn't hear. <laughs> you know. Alabama, yeah. We, well, I mean, we, the, we the difference, Bob, is that Alabama, for the first time since 2006, uh, has a coach who has a good reputation, but he's not larger than life. Well, yeah, and they're and they're kind of getting their nose rubbed in it, and, and it and it hurts their feelings. I'm just wondering if they still running the flag at half the Alabama yeah. flag at half mast. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, do you remember? Uh, Three was it three years ago when when Tennessee got saw, uh, hit? I mean, uh, Oklahoma picked up about five or six players from that team. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Paul. You know, and and you never heard a word out of Alabama. Well, we got we we picked up picked up five guys from yeah. No, five it's just of well cause, the top recruiting class in the country. And look at them now; they're all gone. Well, get some of your own medicine. By the there, way. I mean, the person to blame here is really the guy that left because uh, he was cl- he was obviously indecisive. Um, he could well, have announced but, but, uh, he could have announced on on December third that the, the he would be retiring at the end of the playoffs, and well, given, and, given the school time t- for a, for a, a, a transition, and they could have dealt with it uh, in a, in a better. But you know, that was his decision, and he certainly earned the right to to leave whatever whatever day he wanted to leave. You're absolutely correct, and and all these people, you know, you're, especially your blue-haired crowd. Well, I cried for three days. I just can't hardly stand it. He's leaving. Well, the, the man's seventy-two years old. How long did you want him to coach till he dropped dead on the sidelines? Well, you know, Bob, that was that was part of the problem. That uh, every time the issue of Coach Saban's future came up. Uh, somebody might say, like me, well, I mean, I think he's close to the end. And I mean, you're, you, next thing you know, you're in a rock fight. Uh, well, yeah, that's right. He's never yeah, going to quit. Uh, well, I mean, uh, there, there have been plenty of signs about him retiring. I mean, that's, I mean, you, you haven't well, heard when he them, bought but, that. When he bought that house and when he yeah, bought that I, house. I, I remember we talked about good. that, and Alabama fans got mad at us. Why, why, why are you being so mm-hmm. mean to Coach Saban? Yeah, well, I mean, well, I, mean, I, I, I don't know about you. I, I, I have one house, and I'm I'm happy to have it. But if I went out tomorrow and bought an eighteen and a half million dollar or a million dollar house or a half a million dollar house in Florida, you might think, "What are you doing that for?" Well, yeah, yeah. I don't, it just it, it just blows my mind that they that everybody is so upset that he left. You know, like I said, what do you want him to do? Coach till he dropped dead? Well, I think he gave Alabama his best years, and uh, I don't blame him one bit for saying I've had enough of this. Why? Why? Hell no! Hell no! I'm, I'm, I, I wish him all the luck. And and look, I do. I like Alabama as a school, no. But Nick Nick Saban is is Nick Saban, and you can't argue with that. No. Absolutely. When it when it come time to go, he was ready to go. Go spend yep. time with his grandbabies. 
Oh, yeah. Man, uh, work on his golf game. That's right. He said, uh, he gave me, he, yeah. he, was, he was on the golf channel last night I, I talking see. about how, uh, yeah. how much wind he's had to deal with down in Florida this week. I mean, that's, I'll tell you what, Bob, I hope we all have that as our biggest problem uh, right. in retirement. Not, it's, it's awfully windy down here in Jupiter, Florida, while I'm playing at a, yeah. at a, at a, and a I, $2 million I, I uh, entry golf fee golf club. Right. I, and I, I, I wish I had his, had his people helping me with my golf game that he does. I wish I could have played golf yesterday, but it was 23 degrees. And the <laughs> golf course, uh, well, every golf course in, in the state was closed. Well, you, you wasn't much, you, you wasn't, you wasn't any worse than we was here. Oh, no, no. Listen, everybody had the same weather. Yeah. I was just so glad I, I wasn't I, in, uh, in some places like uh, Texas or Oklahoma or Tennessee where, uh, I could at least get outside. And, I, I could walk down the street without without a sled. Well, it, 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 was, it was chilly here, Paul. Yeah, no, I hear you. Hey, Bob, thank you very much. Uh, obviously, uh, someone who's not crying for, for Nick Saban. Uh, <laughs> Jeff is up next in Florida. Hello, Jeff. Hi, Paul. Honored to talk to you. First time caller, long time listener. Thank you. Um, Full disclosure, I'm a Wisconsin resident who snowbirds here in Florida. Oh, wonderful. 73 years old like Nick Saban and wanting to get out of the cold weather. Hope you're having a, um, a good uh, and He's wanting life. to get out of the kitchen. Um, two things I want to hit on. One is I watch your show all the time. Um, I'm a big SEC football fan, not tied to any particular team. I am an avid Auburn basketball fan, um, part of the reason I'm down here. You're good. And and I and I, I get tired of hearing the Alabama. Jeff, you still there? Jeff's a snowbird, and he must have had a sunspot there. <laughs> Why don't we take a break? And we are coming right back. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at HIMSS.com slash Paul. That's H-I-M-S dot com slash Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. HIMSS.com slash Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. 
listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Dr. Michael McCann coming up in a few minutes about some of the uh, issues in college football. Have, have you heard that? Let's uh, check out Anthony in Tennessee. Hello, Anthony. Hey, happy Monday. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you. Um, I remember just a few years ago when all the NIL first started to bubble up, and I think a lot of it was over the Madden football game, uh, right. the video games. Um, the both sides yelling and, and people supporting the players saying things like, you know, it may come down to the, the players having to unionize. And of course that didn't happen, but now I'm wondering if you see a situation where the other side finally says, look, man, this, the spending is out of control. The free age, the basically free agency is out of control. We need to unionize. Or do you see somebody stepping in at some point and making more sense of this? than what we have now. Yeah, Anthony, I mean, there's a lot of things that could change. Uh, I think the most important aspect of all this is the NFL because they have the most clout. And there, there are some indicators that that may uh, be affecting, you know, the draft sizes and all that. But ultimately, these things usually correct themselves. We're, we're, we're not even three years, we're two and a half years in right now. And, uh, you know, we, we, have, we have a little better leadership in the NCAA than we did. I mean, we couldn't have had any worse leadership than, than Mark Emmert. And it really depends on the conference commissioners. The two, the commissioner of the SEC and the commissioner of the, of the, of the Big Ten have the majority of the power and the weight. And if they want to do something, they will get it done. And all indications in our many conversations with, with Greg Sankey are that those two are working together. So I, I think, I mean, the NCAA is a very slow-moving organization, so you're, you're going to need the powerful people to expedite whatever is necessary. Thank you for the call. Bruce is on the, the line from Georgia. Hello, Bruce. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I got two things I wanted to throw at you, if I could, real quick. Okay. Uh, first of all, do you think that Harbaugh is good for the Atlanta Falcon opening? Yeah, I think I think he's better suited for the Chargers uh, because they already have a quarterback uh, that I think he would rather work with. But I think uh, the, the good news about the Atlanta opening, this is the same thing yeah. for Belichick, is you play in the most embarrassing division in, in, in pro football. And I mean, I mean, a, a blithering idiot could win that division and get in the playoffs. Well, you can't argue with that. No, I mean it's uh, I mean it, um, it, it's pathetic. I mean the idea that. Uh, that I think a couple of years ago didn't uh, didn't a, lo- a team with a losing record uh, get in? <laughs> yeah, it's happened quite a few. Yeah. I mean, the Panthers got in one year with a like a seven and nine record. Yeah. Now, real quick, the other thing I wanted to ask your opinion. I just heard you talking to the previous caller about two major conferences with uh, NIL money. And you said it might, it's probably going to even itself out and take care of itself. My question is, there's a heck of a lot more than two major conferences, the SEC and the uh, Big Ten. You know, what, what about all the mid-Americans? Do they just suffer through it? Well, the... It's, it's, it's to be determined, really. Uh, I mean, I think the Mid-American is a really good conference, uh, primarily because it has a no, television contract. And they play really good football. But I, I, don't think the, 
I think the Mid-American, I think you, you look at Conference USA, the American, these are all conferences that can survive, but they were never directly competing with the SEC. Anyway, this, the, conference, the conference that has suffered the most, well, obviously the Pac-12 is essentially out of business, and yeah. the ACC is under enormous pressure right now. Well, I think the ACC is going to lose a few more. Yeah, and by the way, I mean, it wasn't that long ago that the ACC was one of the premier conferences in, in sports. And you used to talk about the ACC and say, well, at least they, got, they have great basketball. They don't even have that anymore. No, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, the Big 12 you is, know, uh, has been unbelievable in basketball, and obviously the, AC, the SEC uh, is not far behind. Hey, thank you very much for the call. Really good to hear from you. Uh, Logan is up next. Hey, Logan. Hey, Paul. I'm, uh, I'm calling from North Carolina. First off, I want to say thanks to Nick for all the wonderful years as I've watched Alabama and the success he's had and the coach he is. But my question is, how do you think Kalen DeBrew is going to do um, at Alabama? Well, I think he's going to do okay because I, I think he's really a good coach. The question he's go- that, that is, un- is undetermined is how he deals with this interim period where you know there there is a lot of chaos going on i mean but it's only been nine days since he he, since he arrived so i know we tend to look at things and go oh my goodness uh, he lost this player and that player but he's uh he seems to be bringing some of his better washington players over his coaching staff is almost complete uh i i trust him as a head coach i just don't know uh what this roster is going to look like when when this portal closes here in a couple of weeks. Um, I've looked at his coaching staff. He's got a top-notch staff coming in. And I've looked at his success. It's phenomenal. But my biggest thing is how you think that first year is going to go. I'm, the way I look at their schedule and the way I understand it, I think they'll be 9-3 and three at the worst. By well, the end of the year. Morgan, you may be right. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to, to dodge the question, but I really want to make sure I know uh, what he has first. Uh, the schedule is, is challenging, and I think ultimately uh, he's a good enough coach to overcome the, 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 the gray area. And he's got, uh, you know, let's say Harbaugh leaves. He's got a shot at maybe some Michigan players. Uh, the, the portal opens again at the end of spring. That is not a great portal usually but you can pick up somebody in that portal. So it, it's not completely uh, unknown. And, and I, I just think there's an adjustment. Every, not every, most first-year coaches have some difficulty when they're, when they're put in a different part of the country. But uh, he is, uh, he's an elite coach. He's already proven that. Thank you very much for the call. Checking in with Raiden in Kansas. You're on the air. Hello, Raiden. Hey, Paul. Um- I just wondering what your what your view on Nick Saban retiring was. Well, from a personal standpoint, I was sad, uh, but I understood it, uh, and and I think it's been coming for a while. And he's telegraphed that with his complaints about the current system. But I uh, I would have liked to have seen it uh, earlier. But uh, when you're, uh, I think the good and the bad news is by beating Georgia, uh, he ended up. Uh, playing until January 1st, and then he, he spent another nine days after that 
making a determination. Uh, I think it would have been ideal or better if, if Alabama had known earlier, and, uh, but they didn't. Yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. I just, I, yeah, it's kind of sad that he, he retired, but eventually you have to. I think he was just waiting for another national championship there, but listen, I think he did the thing he really wanted to do, um, and, and that was beat Georgia. That was significant. Uh, and I don't think people have really had time to digest. By beating Georgia, Georgia's run, it's not over, but the, the chance of doing something that is unprecedented is over, and that's winning three straight national championships. That's not going to happen uh, in a 12-team playoff. And I think personally that meant a lot to Saban because uh, it's not about keeping Kirby Smart out. I think Saban has great uh, affection for Kirby Smart. Uh, but but I think it was important from his own person from his personal standpoint to hey listen uh, I I can walk away now I've I've, I've done something very significant here uh, we didn't win the national championship and you can live with that when you've won seven national championships we'll take a short break we are back right after this. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. This is the latest from Sportico, college sports ultimate fate in hands of courts, not Congress. Now, hold on a second. I keep hearing everybody talk about we need Congress to help out. Uh, presidents, commissioners, coaches. There's a march on Washington, or so it seems. Michael McCann joining us, uh, one of the smartest sages uh, in this industry about this subject. Michael, thank you. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm joking a little bit here, but uh, I want you to under, help us better understand what this is about because everywhere I go, I talk to an administrator and, and they're knocking on the door of Congress and saying that's, that will save our, our soul, so to speak. You're looking at it a little bit differently, aren't you? Yeah, Paul, there, there have been more than 20 bills, I think more than 11 hearings and for, for NIL, 
let alone related issues like college athletes as employees, revenue sharing, topics that are pretty divisive, and not one bill has been voted on. None of them have made it out of committee. Now, that doesn't mean it can't happen, but we're in an election year, of course. It's unlikely Congress is going to take much action this year. Then we're into 2025. The timetable just keeps getting prolonged. And while that's happening, Paul, the legal system is playing out in courts and before the National Labor Relations Board. So in a way, the, the quest to get Congress to do something, it, it, you could argue it's not the greatest use of time, that energy would be better spent either defending in court or coming up with a plan. I think President Charlie Baker, to his credit, has proposed a plan, now whether it works or not, but at least it's a plan that push, puts the NCAA in a position to take action rather than be responsive. And before we get to the legal aspects, and there's a lot happening there that you've been foreboding for years, and I think we're finally at that point where things are happening, what, what can Baker do? His proposal drew a lot of uh, comments, uh, both praise and criticism. What's he trying to do? I think he's trying to solve the NCAA's issues with college athletes being compensated without conceding everything. Because the, the risk that Baker knows exists is that if he waits for a court to declare Division I athletes are employees of their school, potentially also their conference and the NCAA, that's not just going to affect the Southeastern Conference and the Big Ten. That's going to affect all of Division I. So I think what Baker's idea is to say, let's come up with a division that focuses on these top conferences, these top schools. Let's separate them from everyone else before a judge declares everyone's an employee, because at that point, it's hard to unwind. And this is, this is the reality of it. If a court issues an opinion and it's not successfully challenged on appeal, it's the law. So the NCAA I, under Baker is at least trying to move ahead rather than react. Michael McCann with us from Sportico. Michael, let's get to the courtroom because there is a lot of activity going on. Uh, what's the next uh, big moment? I think the next big moment is what's going to happen with the regional director in Boston with whether or not Dartmouth men's basketball players are employees. Because if the regional director finds that they're employees, then there'll be a, a process in terms of voting to form a union, and, the, and Dartmouth will appeal to the National Labor Relations Board in D.C. It will follow what we saw with Northwestern back in 2014 with the football players, where the regional director in Chicago found that they were employees, and they could form a union. So there'll be a similarity there. Now, what happens with the board in DC? Well, well, we don't know how long that will take. It could take over a year, just like with Northwestern. And then there'll be an appeal, presumably, to a federal appeals court. So we're talking several years. There's also Johnson v. NCAA. That's the case out of Pennsylvania, now before the Third Circuit, where the players say, we should be employees, at least in the same light as work-study students. It doesn't mean we get more than minimum wage. It doesn't mean we get more than overtime pay. But it would mean they get maybe six to $10,000 a year, depending upon the number of hours they work. We're waiting on a decision on that. There's also the matter involving USC football players and men's and women's basketball players. That one's a little bit slower moving, but that will, we'll get a decision from a regional director there at some point this year, most likely. And uh, of these cases, um, what, what, what impact could it have on the sport, depending on what, what happens? Because there are a lot of cases, that there's always more to it than just a, a simple ruling. What's, what's the, what, I mean, people like you, what are you, what are you looking for and what do you expect could happen? 
I think what could happen is one of them works. And if any of them work, the problem for the NCAA is that they have to treat everyone equally, right? That's the mission of the uh, of the NCAA. Now, Baker's plan tries to deviate from that if it, if it ends up working. But what that means is you can't have some college athletes as employees in some part of the country and rest of the country they're not. It's, I don't, you can't have national rules in that scenario, right? Because you're gonna have some schools having a huge recruiting advantage if the athletes are, are recognized as employees because they'll be paid. They could be paid in addition to a scholarship potentially. So I, I think the NCAA, if any of them succeed, in a way the NCAA, I think, is gonna have to say, we have to recognize these rules across the board. Now they'll appeal and, and that will play out, but to me, that's the real risk for the NCAA is that it's it, it sort of like, if any of these work, it's it's from the NCAA's standpoint, a disaster, right? Because they're, they're trying to prevent this from happening. So uh, to me, I would say the Johnson matter, we, we should be getting a ruling from the third circuit. It's not, it won't decide the case, but it will be significant. And again, the regional director in Boston with Dartmouth men's basketball players, that's a big one too. Michael, uh, people complain about everything in connection to where we are right now, and I realize you're more on the legal side, but when we're talking about the so-called transfer portal, uh, is there a solution to where we are uh, in, your, in your estimation, or has, has the train left the station? I think the train's probably left the station. I, I, think it's, it's, I, I think as we've seen, Paul, it's hard to unwind something. Right. Look at NIL. Who knew it would turn into collectives and, and, and which I think you could argue some of them are acting as essentially pay for play. I don't know how you unwind that. And similarly with the transfer portal, now that the, the NCAA has sort of voluntarily, you might say, in response to a court ruling, uh, withdrawn the, the rule prohi prohibiting players from going to a sec transferring to a second school or third school and beyond. Uh, now it's sort of an open open field it, it, it and look i mean that's not that's necessarily the worst thing i mean that that's if you're a college student you can transfer schools so it's tough for the ncaa to now regulate something once it makes a concession and, and i think that's the tricky part for charlie baker is that any sort of any concession he makes in terms of restrictions i don't see how he can put it back in later Michael, just a curious, very pedestrian question. I was asked earlier, and I think I didn't answer it correctly because I'm a talk show host. Um, <laughs> but somebody asked me uh, about all these money, all this money players are making. Uh, the question is, are they are they on the hook for that from a tax standpoint? Yeah, they are. It's income, right? So, and and for for they're not employees, presumably of I mean, they're not of the NIL company that's paying them. So they are not, taxes aren't being withheld. They're, they're basically independent contractors. So that means in April, they better have saved some money because their tax bill is gonna be higher. Some of these guys, their tax bill may be very high based on what I'm reading. Uh, Michael, great to have you on. It's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. Michael McCann, uh, Sportico uh, article and, and really a very prominent legal expert on all these issues. So uh, hope uh, the young players are listening. Uh, April, what is it, April 15th? Coming soon. <laughs> sorry, sorry, we had to be reminded of that. Uh, we'll take a short break and we're back after this.
Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Well, the Cats are having quite a season tomorrow. They head to South Carolina. Always a difficult place to play. We'll have the game for you at 7 p.m. Some news out of Texas A&M. Texas A&M has named former coach R.C. Slocum, the interim athletic director. Ross Bjork left last week to head to Ohio State. And let's continue with uh, more phone calls. And Tim is in Union City, Tennessee. Hello, Tim. Hello, first-time caller. Wonderful. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. And a couple quick questions. One on Shane Beamer, as he uh, peaked out, and is he on the hot seat at South Carolina, uh, thinking that he got in there mainly on his uh, father's coattails. And uh, also, uh, your thoughts on my favorite football coach in college has been Mark Rick. And uh, what's your thoughts there? And if you do politics, who do you think the, the Democrat and Republican candidate will be and VP <laughs> in you the know, November funny, election? Uh, we were just talking about that. I, about six months ago, I said uh, ne- neither, neither person in the lead would be the can- candidate. Now we're probably about 24 hours away from being completely wrong on that. And I, I don't you know, pol- politics is, 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 is something I'm interested in, but I don't participate in publicly but I just I'm amazed that we've got what an 81 year old president and I don't know what what is uh, President Trump 70 I, I don't know I mean I, I just not not that I'm 40 years old but I just I, he's he's 77 I just wonder what happened to the generation after those two you're right. Uh, uh, we've lost a generation. I mean, that's a, you, we, we just got. We have spent two weeks talking about how Nick Saban, at 72, you know, he's you know he's getting old and he needed. I mean, Nick Saban could, uh, if you had a race between Nick Saban, Donald Trump, and Joe Biden, Saban would would without this. I mean, Saban would be finished with the mile before the other two got to the hundred yard marker. Anyway, but he's too old. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. By, by the way, back to Shane. I don't think Shane's anywhere near the hot seat. Uh, he, he's recruited well. He had that huge year a year ago. This year was a, a colossal disappointment. But, but I think he's still very popular among his fan base. 
Thank you for the call. Yeah. Now, that, now that I've, I've upset everybody by saying that, that uh, Nick Saban could outrun uh, Trump and Biden. I mean, I mean, I, Saban, uh, I mean, give, give the man credit. Uh, I mean, he he runs into the into the games. I mean, this is not a, I, I've I've been on the practice field with this guy. He's he I mean, he this guy can go up and down a, a flight of uh, airline stairs easily. Shouldn't that be a requirement to be president? You have to be able to walk up and down. And by the way, I, I have come off of small planes before. It's not easy to do. I mean, it, it is. Uh, those things are steep. Uh, but uh, then again, I'm not. I'm not in condition like the two candidates for president. Uh, Mike is up next. Uh, hey, Mike. Hey, Paul. Thank you for taking my call. Thank you. Um, I wanted to ask you. I've never heard you. I guess you may have. I've never heard it. But talk about why Alabama's been so lucky to have coaches like Paul Bear Bryant and Coach Saban and, you know, Gene Stallings even did good his little tenure there. So what made him so what, – what well, makes yeah, Alabama yeah, right so about great? It. Coach Stallings won 100 games in uh, seven years. He did, he did, really, uh, he did really well. Uh, he averaged 10 wins a season. Uh, or he won 70 games in, in seven years. Um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Alabama has always had, uh, it, long before Brian, Alabama had a tradition. Uh, Wallace Wade, Frank uh, Howard, I mean, uh, Frank Thomas, excuse me. Uh, I mean, talking about two Hall of Fame coaches. And I, I think the problem was after Coach Bryant, they, they were in the wilderness for a couple of years. And, and after, uh, and it, it took a while, but with, with Nick Saban, I think they were fortunate. When, when, on the day that Saban arrived, very few people thought he would be there long. And because he won so quickly, I, I think he looked, he may have looked around that he had offers, but I think he decided, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this my career. And that was, that was beneficial. So they've had a lot of bad coaches. So I, I don't want to say that, uh, you know, they've always gotten it right, but but I think it helps when you have a tradition like they have there, uh, and it is truly. Uh, I mean, now it is the best tradition of any school in the country. Uh, there are a couple of other ones in the same league, but but that that does matter. And they they have people that I think the fan. I'm I'm going to give the compliment mostly to the fans of Alabama, because I think uh, they are a smart fan base. Uh, they're demanding, uh, but they're also very good in terms of support. And, and that has always made the coach's job a little bit easier. Well, and that's uh, interesting to hear because I've always, living out here in Texas, had to explain why Alabama's <laughs> so great. And I appreciate you sharing that because I'm 55, so I went through the dark years between uh, the bear and... Oh, yeah. and in, in, in December of 19... Let me get the year right. In December of 2006, Rich Rodriguez had announced that he was taking the job. He didn't announce. He had committed to taking it. And then about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, he withdrew to remain at West Virginia. And I literally came on the air that day and said, does anybody want this job? I mean, Alabama has fallen to such a point that, uh, that nobody wanted the job. Uh, now, Nick Saban ended up taking it about three weeks later. Um, but at that moment in time, it looked desperate. Uh, it, it looked like there was, they could not fill the job. I remember uh, 
a very famous agent calling me about uh, Steve Spurrier was up for the job after Saban turned it down. And he said to me, I don't think anybody wants this blanking job. <laughs> and uh, it turned out that Saban, uh, three weeks later, decided to take it. And, and you know, so I think it's a matter of uh, some good fortune. Uh, they could have made a lot of choices uh, if they had not waited for Nick Saban. And if, and if Rich Rodriguez had taken it, uh, they wouldn't be in the position. I, I mean, say, Rodriguez is a good coach, but he's not in Nick Saban's league, nor is anyone. Thank you very much for the call. Let's uh, check out Dave in Kentucky. Uh, hello, Dave. Hey, Paul. Question for you. Uh, how many SEC teams do you think will make the playoffs next year, and do you think Missouri will be there? I would say a minimum of three, and I do think Missouri will be there. I think Missouri uh, has, has a great chance of, uh, of, running, of having like a, an 11-1 record next year. I, th I mean, their schedule is tailor-made for that program. Thank you, Paul. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I'm, Missouri and Ole Miss probably don't get enough credit for the jobs that uh, both Lane Kiffin and, and Eli Drinkwitz did last year, but, but it, it is spectacular. And uh, Missouri's schedule is a little more favorable than, than, than Ole Miss's, but uh, we were looking at the other day. I mean, they have, a, I mean, they have Alabama on the schedule. I, th I, think the, I think the game is at Alabama, so that's a ch – but – Tell me, uh, other than the Alabama game, tell me a game they, they, they're not going to be favored in. Um, they are, uh, I mean, they could beat Alabama. I mean, right now, that, that is one of the bigger, the better games of the year in the SEC. I don't, uh, I'm, not, I'm not predicting anything yet, but I think Missouri is going to be, could very well be playing for the SEC championship next year. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show Podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.